ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Heston, back with a brand new episode here in The Truth. Back with a brand new episode of Waking Up With The Truth here as we are waking up on Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. Let's go ahead and kick things off in the NBA. LeBron passes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for most minutes played in NBA history. He added another milestone to his all-time career Monday night, passing Lakers legend Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the most minutes played in NBA history. James, 66,000th, 289th minute of game action between both the regular season and postseason basketball came in the first half of the game against the 76ers. The 38-year-old surpassed Abdul-Jabbar's long-standing scoring record last season. He just continues to add more accolades. I'd be curious to see your guys' opinion if LeBron James or Michael Jordan is the GOAT. I probably would go with uh, Michael Jordan just because even though I haven't actually really seen him play, well, besides obviously <laughs> highlights, um, I don't know. I think Michael Jordan's a bit more accomplished. I like looking at championships compared to looking at individual stats as well. But LeBron James is probably the best player of my generation and probably a good amount of people's generations as well. But I'd be curious to hear your guys' opinion on LeBron James and Michael Jordan, at least those two. Maybe if there's other guys in the mix there as well. Pelican C.J. McCollum aiming to return this week from a collapsed lung. He's targeting a potential return from his lung injury during the team's two-game homestand later this week. The Pelicans host the 76ers on Wednesday and the Spurs on Friday. He has missed the last 11 games due to a small collapse in his right lung that he suffered early in November. When he's been on the court this season, he's averaged 21.7 points, 5.7 assists, 4.8 rebounds, and 1.5 steals in 34.3 minutes per game this season. He was out 18 games during the 2021-2022 through 2022 season with the same injury. The Pelicans are 5-6 and six without McCollum in the lineup, but have won 5 of their last 7 contests. Pelicans ranked 9th currently in the Western Conference with a 9-8 record. Yeah, you know, you look at C.J. McCollum, obviously he's one of the key players for the New Orleans Pelicans, so having him out, obviously with the collapse long, has been difficult for them. They are 9-8 and eight on the season, obviously it's way too early to really be judging kind of rankings, but they are only 3.5 games back from first place, which is just crazy to think, so they're very much in it, right? They're not as bad as the Spurs or the Grizzlies, or even the Trailblazers for that matter, they've been kind of hanging in there, so having C.J. McCollum back, the all-star guard that he was there at Portland is going to be important for the future, and it's going to be important for the way that the Pelicans play and if they can finally get over the play and hump and really make some noise in the NBA postseason. Nikolai Jokic says Victor Wembanyama is quote-unquote going to change the game. Jokic heaped praise on Wembanyama following the Nuggets 132-120 to victory over the Spurs, saying he expects the rookie phenom to have a big impact on the NBA. I think he's 19 years old. He's not getting tired or getting scared. He's playing hard and wants to be good. Like I said, I think he's playing hard and he doesn't take it for granted. He's making mistakes, which is normal. I think the media around him doesn't help, but he's going to get used to it because the guy is 19. He's going to change the game 100%. He's already on that path for so for so for all the guys, just enjoy and watch the show and let the guy change the game. Obviously, Victor Romanyama was probably the most hyped prospect coming out in the entire NBA draft last season. And it was one of those things that was, I don't know how to feel about it, to be quite honest, because I don't like judging people right away. Obviously, people judge Tom Brady in a negative aspect. He's the greatest player of all time, probably the greatest athlete. Well, <laughs> professional sports player, I should say, of all time. But, you know, Victor Wembanyama has really lived up to the height of the start. Can he maintain that? You know, I hate to say this, but he's one career-ending injury. He's one tough situation away, you know, from really having a downward path in his career. I obviously don't want to bless anything in disguise there. I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of stuff that can happen. 
But Victor Wembanyama, I mean, this is coming from Jokic, who in my opinion should have won three straight MVPs. Jokic, arguably one of the best players of all time already in his young career, and he hates his job. Victor Wembanyama, being only 19 years old, has a chance to be the next LeBron James and be the best player for the NBA down the line. But we'll see what happens, obviously. You can't jump the gun just yet, but it is kind of interesting to see the connection between guys like that and, um, and what success they've been able to have. Kyrie likens Nets tenure to blank the or quote unquote the girl that got away. Kyrie and the Nets had a terrible relationship. He admit he's been left wondering what could have been looking back at the time of the Nets. He says, I don't look at that aspect of my career disappointed. I just think it's kinda like the girl that got away. I'll hurt you for the rest of your life, he added. You're looking at it like this. You got a bad wife a great bad wife, kids and all that. I don't second guess it. I don't want to get in trouble with my wife at all. I'm not thinking about anybody else, baby, but it just feels that kind of FOMO. You miss out on something great. I don't get this because Kyrie Irving, excuse me, ruined this for himself. He ruined the Brooklyn Nets, quite frankly, the Brooklyn Nets franchise, coming over to Brooklyn and having all the things that happened, and then eventually they got rid of KD, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving. He ruined that. He ruined his time in Boston. Hell, he ruined his time in Cleveland. He's ruined his time everywhere he's gone. And it's just a matter of time before he ruins the Dallas Mavericks. Maybe he was the motivation for James Harden breaking away from the Nets and then the 76ers. And it seems like probably the Clippers at some point. Kyrie Irving is a cancer to an NBA team. And I hate to say that because I love Kyrie Irving, but he is a cancer to any NBA team. And that's why so many people did bounce away from him and didn't want to have him on his team. And we'll see if he's able to do the same for the Mavericks. I mean, the Mavericks, they got him last season and they missed the postseason. Yeah, granted, he got him towards the end of the season, but I don't know. It's just something that's kind of interesting. Draymond unapologetic after suspension. I'm going to be mean no matter what. He says he doesn't regret his actions that led to a five-game suspension. Green spoke to the media on Sunday for the first time since his punishment for putting Timberwolves center Rudy Gobert in a chokehold. I'm going to play basketball the way I play basketball. The way I play basketball has gotten me here. I'm going to be mean no matter what. That's not going to change. So you're telling me, Draymond, that you're going to continue playing the way the basketball you play, but actually play in a negative aspect and choke another NBA player? You're pathetic. You actually are a joke. Draymond Green, another cancer to the Warriors team. I think, yeah, he's had his uh, success with the Warriors and has helped them in some aspects, but you can't tell me that you're going to play the way that you want to play for basketball purposes, but not be apologetic yeah maybe i have a little bit of bias because i'm a timberwolves fan but the fact that you put another nba player and if it had repeated offenses in the nba the fact that he is not permanently banned or has more severe punishment is beside me i can't believe we're letting this guy talk the way that he's talking i hope karma's a bitch i really do but this is a very 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 annoying person in the nba a lot of annoying people in the nba if you guys can't tell there's a couple of uh, heated highlights i should say coming out of the nba let's go ahead and switch gears to the nfl Big news, Panthers fire Frank Wright after a 1-10 start to his first season. NFL worst 1-10 start in his first season in charge. They eventually fired Frank Wright. They also dismissed quarterbacks coach and former quarterback Josh McCown, assistant head coach, running backs coach Deuce Staley. You know, this is interesting. I hate when teams do this. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett, same thing. Clearly, he hasn't been a good coach in the NFL. Jets have one of the worst, if not the worst, offenses in the entire NFL. But I don't know. I think Frank Wright's a good coach. I don't know. Maybe they should have just changed something up as a whole, maybe internally. But at the end of the day, you want Bryce Young to develop. I understand that. But at the same time, you got to develop in the right way. And having different coaches is not going to help that situation whatsoever. Now, was this Carolina Panthers team way better than 1 in 10? Sure, they should be 4 and 8, 4 and 7, somewhere in that territory. But they continuously fall to 1 in 10. And I 
get that, and I totally understand that. But for me, I've never liked when coaches got rid of or uh, teams got rid of coaches, especially in their first season. In my opinion, it goes back to the hiring process. I understand today's day and age is completely different, but you should hire a guy and have them for at least three years. Give them three years to establish different systems, different philosophies. Because if you continue to do this, this is not going to be a good situation for Bryce Young to develop in. You want Bryce Young to develop, but when you have a new coach every year, how are you going to be able to develop properly? I don't know. I think this is a sticky situation. I think this actually puts the Carolina Panthers back even more and puts them in a more difficult position and a longer road to recovery. Dolphins are signing Juan Pierre or Jason Pierre-Paul off Saints practice squad. He confirmed the move Monday on social media. He goes, I'm coming home, wrote the Florida native. He also thanks Saints and his teammates. He appeared in one game this season, suiting up on Sunday after joining the Saints on November 13th. He finished the matchup with two tackles and played 27% of New Orleans' defensive snaps. Miami were reportedly added to his 53-man roster. Jason Pierre-Paul obviously lost a finger in a fireworks accident, but has still been very efficient and one of the more dominating edge rushers in the entire NFL. So we're going to see what happens in the offseason if he you know, continues to stay with the Dolphins or another team. But I think this Dolphins defense is getting a lot of credit, especially losing a guy like Jalen Phillips, bolstering a veteran presence. Sure, is JPP as explosive and effective as he was back in the day? No, but is he going to be efficient for this Miami Dolphins team that seems to be going more veteran with guys like Jalen Ramsey as well? Yes, 100% believe so. So love this signing there, especially coming off the practice squad. Brown's Miles Garrett is day-to-day with a shoulder injury. Potential dark horse for MVP uh, is considered day-to-day. He added that his shoulder is sore. He did have a shoulder issue. I believe he left in a shoulder sling, if I'm not mistaken. But he should be good to go, at least reports, for Week 13. But definitely something to monitor. These Browns players seem like can't stay healthy and have a lot of injuries with their shoulders. Vikings' Justin Jefferson expected to return in Week 14. Obviously, he wasn't present in Monday night's game against the Bears. But they do have a bye week, and he should be back for Week 14, which is huge as far as the playoff push. Obviously, Jay Jets has made it clear he doesn't want to come back until he's fully healthy, and I completely support that decision. I really do. Obviously, I would love to have Justin Jefferson back. Um, you know, it's one of those things that would help the Vikings out tremendously, but at the end of the day, you got to look out for yourself. And I think Justin Jefferson's doing that, and he's taking a different approach. Not many people would really admit to that or, you know, maybe rush themselves into it. But Justin Jefferson knows his worth on the Vikings and knows his worth as a football player. So hopefully he's able to come back in Week 14. Bengals' Joe Burrow undergoes successful right wrist surgery. He should be on track to play at the start of 2024. Obviously, he's out for the rest of the season. Curious to see if they're going to continue with Jake Browning after the loss to the Steelers or if they're going to go out and try to hire, hire a guy, sign a guy uh, for their team. But Burrow should be back to go by the start of next season. Lawson apologizes for shoving Eagles fans, alleges they threatened players and families. Shaq Lawson apologized Monday for shoving an Eagles fan behind the team's bench after allegedly the person was making threatening remarks about players and their families. I understand to an extent, but if this is true, this really shows character of Shaq Lawson. Here's why. NFL players and professional players as a whole are always going to get threats for various reasons, whether it's for personal benefit, betting information, fantasy purposes, etc., or if they just sheer nature hate the team. The way that he acted was unacceptable because they're going to get a lot more of these things in his career, and now he's kind of adding some fuel in the fire there and um, just kind of something that's interesting. So we'll see if uh, this ends up happening or if this is, you know, like a reoccurring issue that seems to be uh, to be on the pace there. 
Texans are making some noise in free agency, claiming Barrett off of waivers from the Eagles. That is Derek Barrett. He was a former first-round pick in 2017 and was released by the Eagles on Friday. The Texans actually considered trading for him before the deadline earlier this season, but he fell out of favor in the Eagles' defensive line rotation prior to his release from Philadelphia. He had reportedly requested a trade this past offseason. He played just 20% of their defensive snaps in 2023 and hasn't recorded a snack, sack. Excuse me. He missed all but one game in 22 due to an ACL tear. Yeah, so this is just kind of an interesting move. It definitely helps the Texans as far as defense is concerned. Uh, but this is one of those things that as time goes on, like it's just going to help the Texans as a whole. And they went and got their guy, and I'm excited to see them starting to make some moves here. Um, it's, it's definitely one of those things that's kind of interesting. And I've uh, seen that the Texans typically don't do this stuff. Giants GM, we believe in Daniel Jones, but will likely add quarterback in the offseason. They believe that Daniel Jones is their team's quarterback once he recovers from a torn ACL. They also said, though, that they probably will add another quarterback, whether that's through the draft or the right guy there. I think Daniel Jones is still a good quarterback. He just hasn't had the pieces around him just yet to make himself quite successful. It's un like a similar situation like a Brock Purdy in San Francisco where he has success or Justin Fields where he doesn't just because of the fit that he's in. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens down the line there. Also, Bill Belichick, quote-unquote, absolutely still loves coaching Patriots. That's what Robert Kraft said. He said that he absolutely enjoys coaching the team as much as he did in years past. We'll see about that. I don't think that's the case to an extent. Bill Belichick isn't used to losing, and he's been losing a lot recently. And there's been some scrutiny about whether or not Bill Belichick's going to get traded this offseason to a team like the Chargers. He uh, seems to be that, um, you know, he's probably going to end up getting traded at some point because he's still technically under contract. So it'd be kind of interesting to see um, what happens down the line there. But right now, I don't believe the hype about that at all. Lamar Jackson makes fun of flowers for bouquet celebration. He said that was ass. I just thought that was kind of funny, to say the least. Uh, Raiders released Mike Marcus Peters after benching. A once prolific cornerback in Marcus Peters officially got canned by the by the Raiders, excuse me. Uh, it comes after Antonio Pierce benched Peters in the second quarter of Sunday's 31-17 loss to the Kansas City Chiefs following a missed tackle. Tackle had a bit of issue for Peters, who joined the Raiders on a one-year $3 million contract in July. What's going to happen moving forward? Are the Raiders going to go a different path with getting some other guys, or is this what they're going to continue to do moving forward? Switching gears to Major League Baseball, talking about Kenta Maeda yesterday, we got another Twins pitcher leaving the ranks. Sonny Gray goes to the St. Louis Cardinals on a three-year deal worth $75 million. Great deal for St. Louis. I don't know what they're doing with their rotation. I hate to see Sonny go, but it was expected to uh, to see him eventually you know, leave there. So we'll see what happens down the line. But uh, definitely would wish nothing but success for Sonny Gray. And Dodgers, Jason Hayward agreeing a one-year $9 million deal. Recently acquired Jason Hayward this past season and has been you know, very a good role player for them, a good veteran presence as well. So I think it's a good decision there. And the Blue Jays joined mix of teams interested in Shohei Otani. Could the Blue Jays make a surprise run on Shohei Otani? I think it's highly unlikely, but who knows? Thank you guys for listening to another episode of The Truth. Hope you guys did enjoy it. If you guys did, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. The Truth as one is to up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information of value. Make sure you follow The Truth on Instagram and TikTok as well. The Truth as one is to up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth. Also on the Instagram, we do an Instagram Live every Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We then post the highlights and clips from that Instagram Live on the Instagram and TikTok pages. So make sure you guys do check out for that. 
Otherwise, guys, thank you guys so much for listening. We do have that live coming up today. But if you guys do enjoy it, make sure you join back. And thank you as always. I'm your host, Wendy Love the Most, Nile Hassan. Sign off. Take care. Good night. Mm-hmm.